so very thankful that you're with us this morning. We would like to go ahead and receive our offering. I purposely worded that way, to receive an offering, because what we're about to do is a part of our worship. And you may question during these times of uncertainty, why would I give my money in the middle of this? And I would tell you it's because you appreciate Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul is trying to turn off on all the switches to motivate people to give. And it climaxes to me in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. What are you saying, Paul? Our offering is a response to what Jesus has done for us. And so you can see the four ways on the screen here for you to um, go ahead and uh, take your offering, give your offering today. Thank you so much for doing that. I asked on Facebook about a week ago, uh, during this time of pause, what have you missed the most? I actually received about 120 responses. The one that I wish I'd thought of that you probably might think of right now was congregational singing. You know, it's hard for me to worship in my living room, you know, when there's not a church around me drowning me out. I'm, I'm sure my wife would agree with that. And maybe that's what you've missed. Other people said things like being able to go get a haircut or sports or eating out. In particular, I had a lot about Mexican restaurants. Someone even said the thing I miss the most is Hobby Lobby. I always appreciate it when someone gives me new sermon material. But here's a fascinating point to me. Out of the 120 responses, 103 had to do with being with people and relationships. Missing church, missing small groups, missing eating out with people, missing family. And of that 120, guess what? 44 of you mentioned missing hugs in those relationships. So let me just step around for a minute. Let's, well, we won't get that hokey today. But you know the point. The point is we miss people. And there's so many things that we've said for so long. I've got to go to church. I've got to go to a small group. We've got to go out with that couple tonight that we're going to change it like we've been begging forever to I get to do those things. Because in this pause, we've learned to appreciate people. This morning, we're going to look at a text where Paul pauses to appreciate. I call it Paul's pause to appreciate. Now, I want you to get the context here. This is in Paul's second Roman imprisonment. We were studying from Philippians last week, and that was Paul's first imprisonment. And in that imprisonment, he was basically on house arrest, chained to a Roman soldier. But by the second imprisonment, he is now in a dungeon. It's cold, it's damp, he's lonely. You can tell by the letter we're going to look at today that he feels rejected. And the truth is his life is almost coming to an end. And in that pause, Paul was able to appreciate many of the people in his life. In fact, the one he's writing this letter to let me read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3-5. through 5. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, 
so that I may be filled with joy. Then listen to what he says. I am reminded, Timothy, of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. I love that passage. Paul gives us three people that he appreciates. First of all, it's Timothy that he's writing. He misses Timothy. In fact, I love the New Living Translation to verse 4. I'll be filled with joy when we get together again. Don't you feel that way about your church family right now? He misses Timothy, his son in the faith. But then he thinks back and appreciates the people who made Timothy Timothy. His grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. And today on Mother's Day, we celebrate our mothers who, for so many of us, have made such an impact in our life. I love the picture I saw this week. It was a a kangaroo with a baby in its pouch looking out. And the caption underneath the picture was this, his mother determines his point of view. And, And for most of us, our mothers are the ones who first pointed us toward Jesus. And I like what Paul says here in this passage. There was a three-generation charge on Timothy's life. I think even in our church at Landmark, I think of a four-generation powerful combination. I think of Anita Royal, a founding member of this church, who passed her faith on to Bonnie Sykes, who passed her faith on to Melanie Gorski, who's passed her faith on to Emily Gorski, one of the strongest members of our youth ministry right now. We love to see that, and that's what Paul is seeing. And my goal today is for each of us to slow down enough to appreciate the person who impacted you the most for God. You know, see, what I find is I'm normally so busy and so hurried, all I can think of is the here and now. And I don't take enough time to look back on the people who meant so much to me and appreciate them. And so today, that's what we're going to do. And I want to expand this. I don't want this just to be for remembering your mothers, because I know for some of you, Mother's Day is a very, it's a very sensitive time. Um, Maybe you don't have these wonderful memories of your mother. Maybe you were wounded by your mother. Or maybe you've wanted to be a mother, and God's not blessed you with a child. And so this day brings some some difficult emotions for you. It could be painful. And so for many of us, God has used other people on top of our mother or even despite our mother to bless our life. I want you to think about those people. I was forced to pause this week. Monday of this week, I was honored to uh, conduct a funeral service for our next-door neighbor, when I was growing up, it was the Blackman family. The dad had passed away, and we did a graveside funeral on Monday. And it just brought back so many memories. Like I said, these were our next-door neighbors. These were my best friends. There was a path from our house to their house because we played together all day long. And it just brought back great memories of growing up on Delray Parkway. It was an amazing neighborhood. I don't think in the moment I recognized how blessed I was but there were like five, six families there. None of our mothers worked outside the home. They would gather almost every morning for coffee. We would ride our bikes to school. Some of you, this will blow your mind, but we were actually able to go to school barefooted in those days. That was, that was, that was special. But what was really special, and I have so many memories of that moment, was that all of us 
were together. And I had sets of parents all around me. And so these people, they all raised, we all were raised by each other's parents and each other's families. It was a wonderful time. But if I had not been forced to pause this week, I may not have remembered that and thank God for that. So who's the person or persons who've impacted you? Maybe it was someone else's mom or dad. Maybe it was your youth minister or an elder in the church, a teacher, a coach, maybe even a peer, a friend. Who was your Paul? Who was your Timothy? Now, I ask you that because that's so very important. So let's look back and let's see how Timothy's mother impacted him. And you be thinking as we go along to our point of the day, who do you need to express appreciation to? First of all, Timothy's mother modeled faith. This person modeled faith for you. You see, we've said for a long time, actions speak louder than words. And when it comes to faith, that's so true. And when it comes to parenting, one of my, my favorite phrases is that character is more caught than taught. I believe that. That's where it starts. I mean, there, there are going to have to be some words said, but the foundation is I can see Christ in someone. You know, I was so blessed to be raised by a wonderful mother. I did not have to look past her to see Jesus Christ. I don't know anybody who loved people better. She was an amazing conversationalist. I loved being my mom. She was gentle. She was kind. She was beautiful. She was loving. In fact, looking back to my childhood, it's sort of odd, the things that stand out in your mind. I just remember on Delray to Parkway, looking out that kitchen window and washing dishes with her. That sounds crazy. But we would have the most amazing conversations. And she modeled Jesus for me in every way. Mark Twain said this a long time ago. Few things are harder to put up than the annoyance of a good example. I think I would change that. Few things are harder to ignore than the inspiration of a good example. So let me ask you this as we go along. Who has modeled faith for you? Second, Timothy's mother instilled faith in him. So I'm asking you, who instilled faith in you? It says here that that faith that existed in his grandmother, his mom, it now lives in you. You see, the second step of this progression is not just to model it, but to intentionally pass it on. And guys, that's so important today that we live. There's so many competing influences in your children, your grandchildren's lives when I was growing up, the preacher would talk about what TV had done to our homes, that we had allowed this almost uninvited guest, this uninvited, often bad influence into our home with, with, with nothing to hold it back. I'm sure the generation before my generation talked about radio, and, and now, my goodness, think about all the things that we have invited into our home, and, and they're not all relegated to the family room now. There are these little devices in your hands, and there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of influence that's not so good that, that competes with us as parents. So what I'd say to us today is we've got to be more intentional than ever. 
You know, there's this popular philosophy that when it comes to faith, I'm not going to force my faith on my children. I wouldn't want you to do that. But it almost goes to the extent that I'm not going to influence them so they can make their own decision. Think about that for a moment. Are you going to influence your child whether they eat dog food or human food? Are you going to influence your child whether they brush their teeth and take a bath or don't? Are you going to influence your child about whether they attend school or they skip out anytime they don't feel like it? Of course you will. I mean, you're concerned about your children's health. You're concerned about their hygiene. You're concerned about their education as well you should be. But how foolish for us to back away in the most important area of their life, the only thing that has eternal significance, which is their spiritual life, and go, oh, let me back up here. I don't want to influence too much. I'll guarantee you guys there's going to be lots of other influences. And as parents, we are called to be those influences. And for so many of us, we can say that. So I ask you, who made an intentional difference in your life? They intentionally chose to instill faith in you. Well, there could be so many people. I think of a a lady in the church I grew up in, the Capitol Heights Church on Madison Avenue. Right beside that church building, there were two duplexes that were owned by the church. One of them was rented out by a widow lady named Minnie Allums. I remember so many things of her, about her. She, um, like I say, she paid $35 a month. She had a 67 Mercury Comet. She never had to take it and have it washed because she would wipe it down every morning. But the details I really remember is as a child, she would take me to a nursing home or to an older person's house and put a Bible in my hand and say, buddy, pray, read, minister to these people. It was an incredible influence. I ask you, who's been that influence on you? Who has not only modeled faith, but instilled it? And then let's go a step further. Because um, later in this book, in chapter 3, Paul again brings up Timothy's mother. Look at verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have been convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says about scripture. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Who is the person who's taught faith to you? I mean, for, for, for Timothy, I love what this verse says, is his mother began from infancy. I'll think of my wife, Stephanie, in the way from just young child, she would sing, Jesus, let us come to know you. Every, every night with our children. The way she would tell Bible stories. And who did she learn that from? She learned it from her precious mother, Glenda, who loves the word of God so much. So what he says here is, if we want to pass our faith on, we must teach the scriptures. You all remember when we did the reveal study as a church. And what came back to us was this, not suggestion, but this admonition, 
that the most important predictor of spiritual growth is reflection in the Word of God. I mean, we, we fight that, but it's so true. Why is it so true? Listen to what Romans 10 17 says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's through learning the Scriptures that our faith is grown. As we hear the stories of Scriptures, we hear the promises and warnings of Scripture. As we see who Jesus is and what he means. You know, we have this debate continuing on for decades of my life about the government taking Bible reading and prayer out of schools. Not getting into that debate. But what really bothered me even as a child is, is many of the people that were most upset about that were people who did not teach the Bible in their own homes. And though I'd love to see the Bible taught everywhere, it's not the school's responsibility to teach your children the Bible. It's not even our church's responsibility. If I may, I want to brag about our children's ministry and all the equipping they're doing during this pandemic. And that's awesome in youth ministry and campus ministry, but that's the primary responsibility for teaching Scripture is in the home. So who taught you to love the Bible? Maybe it was your mom or dad. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher, a friend, a minister. I can remember my brother going out to Harding University and the college church there, Jim Woodruff was the preacher, and he started bringing me some cassette tapes home. And Jim Woodruff talked about Jesus like he was his best friend. And that made me love Scripture. So there's so much to to instill and to model and to teach. And like we said from the beginning, so much of this has happened through our mothers. We've asked some people to speak to you today in this video about what they appreciate and love most about their mothers. I want you to, to watch this as we celebrate Mother's Day today. I love and appreciate my mom so much for so many different reasons. But I think one of the main ones would be just how much she sacrificed for me, you know, in my 15 years of life so far, like, she's just done so much, like, too much at times, but she's just, she's just been amazing. Whether it's, you know, football games, sports, she's always my number one fan, my number one supporter. And I love her for that, and I just want to let her know, thank you for all that you've done in my life so far. Um, because of how she and my dad both um, sacrificed uh, for their children, uh, for her Christian example uh, that never wavered, her personality, big personality, her integrity, um, her wit and talent, her unconditional love for me at my worst uh, moments and at those same moments uh, for showing me a lot of grace, um, for allowing me to have uh, many opportunities in life and always kept me humble. All growing up, um, she showed us through her example just what it was like to be completely selfless, um, to constantly give of herself and her time. She showed us what it was to be a servant, um, not only in our home, but also just out in our community and our church. And I love you and appreciate you, Mom. Well, that just creates a logjam of ideas. Um, but she first taught us to love the Lord. Um, she taught us the value of hard work and doing what you've committed to do, sticking with it. She pre prepared us to be adults. All of my siblings, I think, could say the same. She is endlessly kind and caring. She is gentle and patient and slow to anger. 
She's the strongest woman that I know. She is an incredible role model and such an encourager. And she understands my pretty much constant need and love of hugs. She does the unthinkable for her children. My mother is a true definition of a Proverbs 31 woman. There's not even enough words to express how much I love her. She sacrifices so much even if it's her last. Just know, don't take your mother's love for granted because it will always be the best love you can get. She loves me unconditionally. She teaches me what it is to have great faith. She is here for me whenever I need her. She's a great and fun, wonderful Mimi to my three kiddos. She puts up with David. And she's just a great mom. Love you, Mama. When I think of my mom, I think of a servant heart. For as long as I can remember, she's been loving people well, whether it be taking people food or teaching in church, the list goes on with her. She is a great encourager, and she is loving and kind and patient and all the things. We always laugh when we're together, and I love that about her. I hope when I grow up, I can be just like her. She's always been a rock, a constant source of love and affection, even when I was probably very difficult to love at times. Uh, she's also always encouraging and uh, just guidance when I need it. Uh, and for the record, I also appreciate and love my mother-in-law. She has always been there for me through all the highs and lows in my life. My mother and father raised me in a Christian home and instilled in me the importance of our faith and trust in Jesus. She taught me to be respectful and kind to others. I've never met anyone who didn't love my mother. She's the nicest and sweetest person I know. I could go on and on, but my time has run out. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Love you, Mama. Happy Mother's Day. Love you, Mom. Love you, Mom. Well, I loved hearing that. And let me say this. I've always said if you want something done right in this church, tell Brian Davis to do it. That was, that was beautiful. So let's, let's think a moment as we're, we're pausing here to appreciate the person who's modeled faith and instilled faith and taught faith. I need to add another point that I think is so important. Everyone who's ever done this in your life has done it when it wasn't easy. There's nothing easy about passing your faith on. In fact, when it comes to Timothy, Acts chapter 16, we find out that Timothy's father was not a person of faith. He was Greek. Timothy was not even circumcised until the ministry of Paul. So there, there must have been a tension between this Jewish mother and this, this Greek father. I don't know if he actively opposed the mother training Timothy or was just um, not involved. But this mother was able to bring her child up even in difficult situations. You know, I, I think about my mother. When she was 25 years old, my biological dad died. She had three children, three sons, and was pregnant with me. 25 years old. I know many of you knew my mother, and she was not a rebel, but she eloped against her parents' wishes at 16. And by 25, she had three children and one on the way. And she's left as a single mother to raise us. It, it could not have been easy. Thank goodness my dad came along. But let me say this, anyone who invests in you spiritually, they pay a price. It costs. All of us disappoint that person who's investing in us. 
often it gets even worse than that. I, I know the, the, the biggest pain in ministry to me is when you pour yourself into someone and they end up rejecting Christ or walking away or being lukewarm and, and just the hurt that's involved in that. But even if everything's successful, their most precious commodity they have, they have invested in you. And that is their time. I mean, you can't invest in someone long distance. You can't do it quickly. If you want your character to be caught, you've got to live it in front of people. I think one of the greatest influences in my life was a man named T.C. Barnes in Pensacola, Florida. And looking back this week, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, he invested so much time in me. He's my first preaching job. Every Tuesday, he took me to lunch. Normally, he got there a couple hours early. He encouraged me. He challenged me. He taught me. He paid a big price to do that, and it changed me. And whoever you're thinking about right now, I can guarantee you this about them. It's cost them something. Oh, yes, they did this, but it's never easy. It's always much easier, not near as blessed, to step back and say, you know what, I'm just going to look after me and who I want to be, and I, you know, I'm not going to take the time to get deeply involved in someone's life to help them come to be like Jesus Christ. So here's what I want you to do right now. We're, we're about to press the pause button. And I want you to just take the next minute and a half to talk with the people in your room about a person or persons who impacted your faith the most. And again, it could be your mother or it could be someone completely different. If you're by yourself, just take this next minute and a half to thank God for this special person. I hope you've been blessed like I've been blessed over the last minute and a half uh, to, um, to have those great memories, to be thankful and appreciative. How sad if we're not of the people who cared enough to invest in us. Hope you'll keep thinking about that. Right now, I'd like to, to take a moment just for you to send in your prayer request if you haven't already. Possibly there's something in this message that um, has, has made you need prayers today maybe just prayers of thanksgiving maybe a prayer for you to be the mom the dad that you ought to be 
Maybe prayers for all of us to be more thankful, but I'd like you to take this moment here. You, you can see a place to, to send it, or you can also, you can either text to that number, or you can call and actually talk to one of our ministers and, and pray with them right now. Please take the time to do that over the next few minutes. We're going to take a time of reflection right now to, to take communion together. I want to ask you now, this is so simple, is, is use this time to pause to appreciate Jesus. Uh, the question or the statement we asked all of our people who honored their mothers on that video was to fill in the blank. I appreciate and love my mother because, and I'm asking you in the next few moments to fill in this blank. blank I appreciate and love Jesus because. You see, the cup that you're about to take in Scripture is called the cup of thanksgiving. This is the time for us to pause long enough to remember the incredible gift of salvation that Jesus Christ our Lord has given us. Let's pray together. God, I know many of us are struggling through this pause, and it's, it's not easy. But Lord, there are so many good things that can come from this. And the one we talk about today may be one of the most important. In this pause, we appreciate the people who've changed our life. And oh God, we can't help but stop right now and appreciate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who became flesh, who was fully human and fully divine, and was able and willing to give his life for us. So in this time of communion with him, May we take this pause as an opportunity to say thank you to the one who's made the biggest difference in our life, your son, Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.